on last week, Bishop Robert Lyons, he spoke to us and encouraged us to believe. He focused on the thought that many of us have faith in God, but we're not operating and having God's faith. There is a difference that you can have faith in God and not have his faith. <laughs> Come on now, when you look at that sometimes, uh, you can have faith in something, but when it doesn't work, you stop believing. But when we look at this here and we look at this move of God here, and we really translate that have faith in God, it's really saying have God's faith. So when I have something, that means that I can't give it away. <laughs> because it doesn't belong to me, it belongs to God. Have God's faith. Have God's faith. When we expect, we believe and respond with the faith that is needed to please God. This was my spiritual father's favorite scripture here. You can take your seat, the late Bishop Bill McKinney. Lord, do so honor him. He would always get up and he would hold his Bible like this and he would walk in. He could always sense when the church was in duress, when the church and the believers were going through a moment and he would always go back to Mark 11 and he would always begin to talk about having the God kind of faith. <laughs> having the God kind of faith. Before our time gets away from us today, I, I just want to encourage you in two areas of what it means to have God's expectations of faith that requires us to believe in stormy seasons, in seasons in our life where it's not working, where it's not moving, and replying to them, he said, have faith in God constantly. I'm reminded of a, of a peculiar song that changed gospel music forever. And it simply went like this, and we can just name that tune. And, you know, the young people, they don't know it, so we really can't church it. You know, Shelly, you know, they don't know it. They don't know nothing about it. But it simply says, I'm looking for a miracle. I expect the impossible. I feel the intangible. I see the invisible. I'm looking for a miracle. I expect the impossible. And then they go on and they begin to shout the people by saying, the sky is the limit to what I can have. Just believe and receive it. God will perform it today. Your belief has everything about what you're going to do today. God is the same yesterday, 
today and forevermore. His faith never changes. His faith never dwindles. God is not jelly back. He's not weak. He's not sad. He's not temperamental. God is God. And because he's God, that means that his faith is so strong. He says, have the God kind of faith. I just paraphrased it. Constantly, constantly, constantly. Number one, I really want you to hear this today. Uh, uh, he says that if you really want to walk in my true will, he says to the disciples and he says here in the scripture here, he's talking. He says, have God's faith. When we look at that word faith in the Greek, it is translated as pistis. It is defined as, as having faith, the, persa the persuasion, credence or moral conviction of religious truth or truthfulness of God or a religious teacher. Uh, having God's faith, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. The moment that you accepted God into your life, the moment that you accepted Jesus into your life, uh, you activated God's faith for your salvation. Come on now. Uh, it, it takes faith to be saved. Hallelujah. It, it takes faith to believe in God. And so he's saying here in the scripture, he says, God's expectations for you and I, number one, is to have God's faith. In verse 22 here, uh, he reminded Peter and he said, and Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed has withered away. And Jesus replying said to them, have faith in God. I want to ask you a question. How many times do you have to remind God about something that has withered away in your life, but you're not really focusing on the faith that it takes for you to believe that God can do something powerful in your life? A lot of times we focus on the fig tree when we should be focusing on what? What God wants to bring to pass in our life. God's expectations for us is that we should have God's constant faith. Our faith in God should be constant, constant. I need somebody to say constant faith. What is constant faith? It is firm, steadfast, steady devout, dedicated, and devoted. Having the God kind of faith means that you and I must rely on us being steadfast. God is looking for you and I to be steadfast. He wants us to be steady. He wants us to be dedicated, devoted. He wants us to be firm. No matter, what, no matter how bad the storm seems, no matter what the no matter what the loan officer says when you go to the to the to get the scholarship and you're going to school and mom and daddy say hey I, I can't afford it and you know that the Lord said get up and just go to school because I promised you something he says be firm in your faith even though the door may close be firm in your faith be 
steady in your faith. Be constant in your faith to the point that no matter how many times they say no, no, no matter how many times the doctor says there's nothing else that we can do, I got it because you're really not the master in my life. You're just here naturally telling me that there's nothing else that you can do, but because my faith is constant, I believe that God is going to heal my body. I, I believe that God is going to answer my prayer. I believe that God is going to bring it to pass, but you've got to have the God kind of faith that allows you to be firm, that, that, that allows you to be steady. Come on now. Uh, you you got to put on the right shoes. Uh, can I just talk about shoes a little bit? Uh, there's a difference between uh, having a good pair of shoes and having a great pair of shoes. Oh, come on now. Uh, they don't really make good shoes now because everything's got the rubber bottoms on them now. And so, you know, when you go buy some men's shoes, uh, men like to hear their shoes when they hit the floor. Come on now. Uh, we like to hear that click clack that gives you the wood bottom. Come on now, leather bottom. See, there's a difference. When you go buy shoes, you don't buy shoes for what's on the top. You buy shoes for what's on the bottom. Oh, y'all didn't know that, huh? See, you're buying the shoe because it looks good on the top. But when you wear it outside and it's cold, your, your feet freeze. Come on now. Or, or when it's too hot, you can feel as if the pavement is coming through your shoe. But when you got a good heel... When you got a good soul, when you got a good foundation under you, come on now, uh, you can feel steady and you can feel firm. Uh, when you got a good pair of shoes, uh, they make you stand tall. Come on now. There's something about you. It gives you confidence. Uh, it gives you the influence to walk uh, with your head held high. Come on now. There's nothing like a man walking around with raggedy shoes. Uh, I want to speak to my girls now. The first thing you look at on a man as you look at his shoes. Come on now. Uh, the second thing you look at is the watch that he wears. Uh, I'm just talking about the natural. Come on now. I, I know y'all gonna be, but he gotta be saved. No, 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 no. He can't just be saved and raggedy. Come on now. He's gotta be well put together. I wanna talk to y'all right now. When we dated, you had to look good. You had to smell good. You had to go get your hair cut twice a week at T's Barbershop. You went on Wednesday and then you went on Saturday because that was Vail's night. You had had to smell good. You had to have Tommy Hilfiger. You had to have your K-Swiss on, your British Knights, whatever. And then you had to have on some nice socks. Come on now. Even to wear with your sandals. Now today y'all dating these jack leg Negroes that don't comb their hair. Their pants too little. Oh, I'm going to say it again. Their pants are too little. And when they pull them up, they come all the way up here. They look raggedy. They stink. Smell like marijuana. And you bring them home talking about my me this is my man the devil is a lie how you gonna bring some stinky in here when I taught you how to have a foundation of what looks good of what sounds good but because you're looking on the other side at the fig tree that has withered the fig tree that has no fruit your faith looks just like what has been withered Whoa! And you laugh at the guy that walks in that looks good and you say oh he's a nerd Oh, I don't want to date that because nobody wants to talk to that. But you don't know how money looks. Uh, uh, you don't know how it smells. Come on now, can I talk to this generation? We've lost our ability to have faith because we look at the guy that goes and spends $300,000 on chains. Oh, but he can't pray for you. 
Mm. Uh, 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 he don't love God, uh, but the TV says date that guy. Come on now. Don't date the guy that works hard, that's working for retirement, that wants to have benefits, that wants to own his own house, that wants to not be in debt. Come on now. But your faith, because you look at the wrong shoes, you got the wrong shoes on, you got the wrong soles on the bottom of your shoes. You can only wear the shoes a little bit. Can I tell you, we got guys walking around here with $350 Jordans on and their pants are only $25. They don't even have decent underwear on. Oh, come on. Can I just be real? Come on now. We're talking about faith here. It's the same in the spiritual realm. You're all dressed up, but your faith is raggedy. You believe raggedy. You believe that if God don't do it today, then he ain't God. You go back to doing what you used to do. You go back to what was working for you because you dressed yourself up with a false mentality that God has to do it on your timing. But God says when you have the God kind of faith you'll be firm, you'll be constant you'll be steady, sober and settled in the fact that I operate in my own time I operate in my own season although I know the doctors say you got six months I'll let you get down to 30 more days and everybody's saying hospice but if you can just believe and have the God kind of faith, you got 30 more minutes, you got 3 more minutes for God to heal your body if you would just believe come on here come on now God's expectations for you and I is to have God's consistent faith a faith that is compliant complete and compatible being in harmony with God Come on now, when you meet the joker, you got to be compatible. Come on now, they used to tell us you can't be unequally yoked. Now in the real church, uh, if you were saved and they wasn't saved, that was unequally yoked. Come on now, if you spoke in tongues and they didn't speak in tongues, you're unequally yoked. Uh, come on now, if they tarried at the altar and you didn't, unequally yoked. If they went to the movies and you couldn't go to the, unequally yoked. Come on now, if you didn't have on a long dress and he didn't have on a suit, unequally yoked. Come on now, it's the same in faith. How can you believe in God but you don't have faith? You're unequally yoked. There is no compatibility. Disbelief, unbelief, and God's faith, come on now, they don't connect. They can never connect. They can never be one there can never be an agreement you either have faith or you don't have it come on now I get it 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 the prophet said that if you give a thousand dollars that God is going to release it but if you don't have faith to believe that your thousand dollars is not going to open the door then you're just giving money away come on now it's not in the money that you give it's in the faith that you believe that when I give this, uh, that God is going to do what? Return it to me. It might not come back in money, but it might come back six years later when I'm in an accident and I should be dead. I should be laying in the hospital. Every bone in my body broken, but God allowed me to walk away from the accident. Why? Because six years ago, I sowed a seed of faith because I believe that God said that he would never leave me. I believe that God is my protector. I believe that God is with me every step that I go. Come on now. And no danger, no toil shall come to destroy me. Come on now. Your 
faith, come on now, precedes anything that you need to come to pass in your life. Your faith has to go first. Uh, that ain't fair. That's not fair, Chris, uh, that I have to have faith before God does it. Come on now. But see, that's what you don't understand. God's already done it. You have to have faith to see it come to pass. Ah, come on now. You don't have to have faith for God to do it. He's already done it. He completed it on Calvary when he took the nails in his hand, when he went down in the grave and he got up. Come on now. Early on a Sunday morning. Come on now. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is no longer working. He's now just passing out due bill. Here's your due bill. Here's your due bill. But you got to believe that it's going to come to pass. The work has already been finished. It's already been done for you, but you just have to believe. God's constant and consistent faith requires a level of competence to understand what God expects from us come on now God's not an ignorant God God's not a dummy God is just not some lame spirit that you can just go and sit in front of your camera and just be like Lord turn on today and I want to hear what you have to say and will you just let me have my way because I don't really believe in you but I just want to say our father which art in heaven, hallowed, the devil is alive. Come on now. God is a living being. Come on now. God is living while you're sleeping. God's going to be living when you go to your grave. God's going to be living when you leave all your money behind. God is still going to be here when nothing will exist in this world. Why? Because he's God. And there's nothing that you and I can do about it. He's sovereign. He's mighty. He's omnipotent, omniscient. Come on now. Uh, he can be in London healing somebody. And he can be right here causing somebody else uh, to get up out of the grave. Come on now. God is so spectacular and awesome that his power is limitless. Come on now. His grace is limitless. Come on now. God is a loving God. His faith tells us everything about who he is. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. God's constant and consistent faith requires a level of competence to understand what God expects from us. Come on, number two. God's expectation for us. God's expectations for us. He says, don't doubt in your heart. Come on now. When we, when we look at that, when we look at that, that word, doubt, it is translated in the Greek diakrikino to separate thoroughly, literally, and reflective, to withdraw from or by implication to discern, doubt, judge, be partial, stagger, or to waver. When you doubt, I like what Bishop Lyons taught us. Uh, he, he said uh, that word, it, it, it really uh, reflects and it really translates as what? To hesitate. Mm. Come on now. To, to hesitate. How long have you been hesitating? <laughs> How long have you been hesitating? Not waiting, hesitating. There's a difference between waiting and hesitating. 
Waiting means that you're trying to be cautious. When you're hesitant, it means that you're unsure. Ah, come on now. Uh, when you hesitate about something that you know that you should be doing, come on now. Uh, can I bring it here? Can I bring it here? Uh, my daddy told me, come on now. You have to be home uh, by 11 o'clock. I didn't leave until 9.45. Come on now. Because my boys was driving and they had to go get their drink and then they would come to my house and, and then my dad would talk to us for about an hour and they're like, Grace, you got to be home. You got to be home at 11. The party don't start till 12 o'clock, Madeline. I mean, my boys, they like, we ain't going to the party first. We got to go see this girl over here, talk to her. Then we got to show up to the party. But I'm like, I got to be back home at 11. Well, Reverend, I mean, you got to find your way back. <laughs> Come on now. Can y'all just be, see, that's how we were raised. You know what I'm saying? You got to be home at 11 o'clock. It was not 11.01. It was not coming in the house at 11. You had to be in the house at 11 o'clock. So that means that I leave at 9.45. I might as well turn around and go back. And I would just say, I'm going to just stay at home. And the red would say, hey, hey, that's not my fault. I mean, you got to find a way. Hey, hey, come on now, Freddie. Hey, boy, now this is my house. You're not walking in here at 12 o'clock midnight because you want to party. No, 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 no. We got to go to church in the morning. Come on now. Uh, uh, we got to go to prayer meeting in the morning. Come on now. I want to go hang out with my friends. And my daddy says, be home at 11. Uh, the moment that I hesitate to say, well, maybe I can get home by 11.15, I lose faith. I stop believing in what my father just said. The moment that you hesitate, when you know that you should not do it and you hesitate to think about how you can get away with it, you lose faith. You don't have faith in God to, to get you out of what you're looking to get into. You're saying to God, God says, wait. God says, wait, wait, wait. And you become so thirsty that you just got to have them shoes. You just got to have that dress. You just got to have what you have. And you got to go get, he said, if you would just wait until next week, that's going to be a sale. But I got to have it right now. The moment that you begin to hesitate about what God is telling you to do, you no longer are connected to him. You separate yourself. You thoroughly separate yourself away from him and now you allow doubt to become your, your God. You now allow doubt to become the thing that you pray to. You now allow doubt become the thing that you give out of, that you serve out of, that you heal out of. Come on now because you're disconnected from God. Come on now it says it here that, that doubt in our heart it is to separate Thoroughly. He's saying, don't doubt in your heart. Come on now. Uh, I would rather you just have unbelief. Because I can take care of unbelief. Come on now. I can heal what you don't believe in. Come on now. But when you doubt me, you separate yourself from me. You separate yourself from my faith. And now you just begin to doubt by having faith 
in God. Which God do you have faith in? Are you having faith in your feelings? Are you having faith in mama? Are you having faith in this and that? But when you have God's kind of faith, come on now, there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Come on now, nor death, nor height. Come on now, there's nothing that will ever separate me from his love. That'll never separate me from having his faith. He says to him in verse 23, I truly tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt, does not separate, does not discern or judge or become partial or begin to waver in what I've just told you. He says, but believes in what they say, it will take place and it will be done for him. The moment that you and I doubt, we walk out of God's faith. Come on now. So, Pastor, are you saying that I shouldn't doubt myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm telling you. You shouldn't doubt yourself. Well, Pastor, I mean, you know, I mean, I know that God said that I can do it. If he said you can do it, then you got to believe that you can do it. You got to find a way to stay connected, Brittany, that he told you that you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. And the moment that you begin to doubt that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, you call God a liar. Oh, uh-oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, For forgive me. We're in a user-friendly church today, I don't want to offend anybody. You just call God a liar. And you just basically told God you can go to hell. That's what you can do. Because I don't believe you. Oh, come on now. That's what our actions say. Uh, When God said that I will heal your body and you turn around and you run over to the other side and you say, well, girl, you know, I just got about 60 more days. I'm going to just do everything that I need to do. You just said God is a liar. Well, well, God said that he can give you everything that you need. Well, you know, it didn't happen for my mama. It didn't happen for daddy. And, you know, I gave everything that I had. So I'll just take the punches and I'll just roll with what God wants me to do. And I'll serve him so well. No, 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 no. You just call God a liar because he says that all you have to do is just believe. Believe. And you can cast a mountain into the sea if you would just believe that's how powerful your belief is but then you have to understand that doubt is just as powerful as faith come on now because if you doubt in your mind that the mountain will never move if you doubt in your heart that you'll never be nothing and you'll never amount to anything you'll stay right there and you'll see that mountain for the rest of your life so here it is don't hesitate to intentionally rethink, revisit, reconsider what we believe to true, what we believe to be true. Don't waver. My father would always say, "Pretty you're double-minded, boy." I mean, one, one day you say you, one day, one day you say you like God, and the next day you just don't know what you're going. You, you're double-minded. Don't even talk to me. I, I, I want to hear it. I, I, I don't want to hear it. My, my father wouldn't allow us uh, to talk anything outside of what God said. Come on, and I would get so mad. Why do you always got to talk about the Bible, Rev? Come on now. Can you just just be the cool daddy? Come on now. Can you just be the guy that's got his hat to the side and that's got the straight pimp? 
pimp walk, you know what I'm saying? Come on, man, you know what I'm saying? When your girl gets out of hand, all you got to do is just slap her a little bit, you know what I'm saying, and, and do what you need to do. But my father saying to me, come on now, God has already ordered your steps, son, and that if you would just shut your mouth, and if you would just allow God to speak into your life, you would understand that the woman is right. But because you're so prideful, but because you don't have faith enough to believe that God is on your side, you would rather hear what the cootie is saying. You would rather go out there and watch the guy puff on his cigarette and never make it back home. Come on now. And his children have been abandoned. You don't want to hear what I have to say because the word comes to convict. The word comes to cut you. But you want something that's going to do what? Make you feel good. Something that's going to push you out there. And when you get out there, God's going to leave you out there. Come on now. He's going to let you stay right there until you turn around and do your cootie walk back all the way back to him and believing what he says. God never chases anything that left him. God never goes after anything that doesn't believe in him. After he's spoken to you, after he's given you the word, he sits right there and he says, I have faith. I've got faith enough in you that one day you're going to hear my voice and you're going to return to me. My faith is so strong that when you train up a child in the way that they shall go, no matter how far they go, they will never depart. Come on now. My word, come on now, will be a lamp unto thy feet. My word will be a light unto your path. My faith is strong enough that I never worry. My faith is strong enough that I never regret. My faith is strong enough that I believe that if you would just believe and not separate yourself from me that you can have everything that I set out for you to have but I'm going to stay right here I'm going to plant my feet on higher ground I'm pressing on the upward way new heights I'm gaining every day oh Lord help me Jesus I'll stay right here God is never going to leave his throne. He's never going to decide what feels good for you versus what he said he could do for you. God is so strong. He's so mighty that he'll never change his mind. No matter how far you get out in the lake, he'll be there to draw you, to pull you, to bring you back in until you can stand on your own feet and say, I believe. Come on. God is so good. God is so kind. Come on. Today we, we cause people to think that God is going to change his mind. He ain't never changed his mind. He just had mercy. Whew. He just has mercy, but he doesn't change his mind. Come on, let's, let's be clear here. Come on, lift your hands if you can. He's not changing his faith to fit your doubt. It's going to be, it's not going to be easy. But he says that if you would cast all of your care upon me and learn of me, he says, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Come on. 
That's when it becomes easy. When you cast your care and you take God's faith and you say, I shall live and not die. My children shall live and not die. My generations shall live and not die. There's business on your life. There's a grace on your life. I don't know your name. don't know who you are. But there's a grace on your life, daughter, to prosper. There's a grace on your life. Uh, there's college. There's education. Uh, but I speak to your mind. And I just tell you to be encouraged. I tell you to smile again. I tell you to just enjoy life. Uh, don't allow the pressures of life, come on now, to dictate to you whether you're beautiful. But I hear God saying you're beautiful and wonderfully made. Come on now. There's a grace on your life to prosper. There's a grace on your life to bring joy to those that are around you. But sometimes you feel as if you're the outcast and you're the black sheep. Can I be honest with you? You are. Because you're peculiar and there's something special about your life. So don't ever let anything dictate to you that you're not great enough to do what's in your heart. How old are you? 14? Think about what you want God to do in your life. Think about your dream in your life. And then just say, I'm great enough to do it. Come on, think about the dream in your life. Think about the things that are going on in your life and just lift your hands and say, I'm great enough to bring it to pass. Come on now. This word is just not for you, it's for all of us. We have all walked and moved in a moment where we hesitated. And you know that that's your passion. You know that that's your dream. But because we hesitate. Come on now. I'm here today to tell you that every God-given dream and every God-given desire, believe that you can do it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. I never thought that I could be at a place like this until I just begin to believe. And every day, even as the bishop, I have to believe, mama. Every day, as the man who's preaching to you, I got to learn how to believe. Come on now. When you believe, doubt will never want to hang out with you. Woo. Doubt is never connected to something that believes. Come on now. Hesitation can never be connected to something that is constantly moving. Come on now. When you're moving, hesitation wants to go the other way. When you're believing, doubt wants to put itself with something else that is stagnant, that wavers. Come on now. Doubt can never sit in the presence of God. Woo. Can y'all stay there with me?
Because his word says, don't doubt in your heart. Don't hesitate in your heart when you're praying. And then it says, pray, ask, and believe that you have received. Keith, and it will be granted to you, son. Lift your hands, man. It will. Come here. Come here. Come here, son. Come on, let it go. Come on. Here you go. Come on. Let it go. I got you. Come on. Come on. Just believe. Believe. Don't lose focus, son. Stay focused. Fight through. Endure. Cast it out. Believe in your heart. Hear me? Bless you, man. <laughs> Doubt will push you so far away from God that you won't even realize that you're so far away. But can I tell you this? Doubt does that, but God is never far away. <laughs> Come on, stand on your feet. I want you to turn and look at this wall right here. Because your back is turned, doubt causes you to feel as if your mistakes have caused you to be so far away from God that you can never go back. That's what doubt does. But because God loves you so much. Come here, David. Come here, I want to use you as an example. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. <laughs> He's looking this way. And many of us have looked this way. See, doubt does this. Doubt looks at God and it says, No. And it turns you this way immediately. It doesn't wait. Every time you say no and you doubt, doubt says, turn around, turn around. Don't look that way. Because what you're looking at is false. What you're looking at is fake. What you're looking at is the death of your grandmama. What you're looking at is the death of a family member that believed that God would heal them and they died. Come on now. What you're looking at right now did not happen in your family and now God is telling you that you can go to college that you can have what you want to have that you can be a father but you never had a father that you can now be a husband but you never seen a daddy be a husband doubt says uh-uh no 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 I don't believe that and it says walk away see doubt pushes you far away from God but can I tell you this God loves you so much that he understands that all it takes that all it takes 
that all it takes is just one moment. It's just one moment for you to hear the sound of my voice that says, I love you. Believe. I never leave you. I still love you. I still believe that you can do whatever you want to do. And you got five felonies. I still believe that you can still be the man that I called you to be. And you lost one family. I still believe that I can restore you. And there's something great in your life. And the moment that you believe, you turn around and God is right there. I need somebody to see it. He ain't across the street. He's right there saying, I never left you. Hey, but I had to allow you to come to your own understanding. Because if I would have forced you, your belief would not be my kind of faith. Come on now. My kind of faith doesn't force. My kind of faith is simply my kind of faith. And I've given it to you. And now all you got to do is come on and walk with me. Come on now. As if we've never been apart. We've been boys. Hey, come on now. I don't care if you're standing on the block. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't care if you're standing on the block selling drugs right now. God's going to stand right there until you're ready to turn around. But don't test his grace. Don't test his mercy. You better hear God today. You better hear God, young man. I know you got the gun in your hand right now and you're ready to go get revenge. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but God says if you would just hear me, I'll heal your soul. I know you lost your brother. I know you lost him to a violent murder. But if you would just put the gun down. If you would just believe. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you just want to throw the towel in. If you would just believe that I'll walk with you. I'll talk with you. I'll cry with you. I'll get down on the ground and I'll crawl with you. I'll walk with you. Hey, I'm just that kind of God, but I need you to understand that doubt can never walk with something that I call great. Seeing can never walk with something that I restored. It'll leave you to yourself. It'll let you hurt yourself. But I'm just that kind of God. I'm just that kind of God that I'll stay right there. I'll be right there. I'll make you whole again. I'll make you smile again. I'll give you joy again. Woo! Peace to the family, peace to the bishop, and peace to us all. In Jesus' name, amen.